And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast. I'm Mickey Brennan, and on this week's show, um, we don't have the terrible duo of uh, Kieran Flynn and uh, Brian Kelly. They're otherwise engaged tonight, but I am delighted to be joined for, by David Rispin from the Rispin blog. David, it's a quiet house tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's great to get a night away from them, isn't it? They're like two kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to get a night away from the kids. <laughs> it was a great idea getting the babysitter in this evening yeah. so, so we could do the podcast. Ah, no, look, um, unfortunately, we weren't able to do the podcast on the Tuesday this week when the lads were available. So um, we just said we'd go ahead with it on the Monday and get it out of the way. On this week's show, we're going to be discussing the All-County Football League results from the weekend. We're going to have a look back and a look forward to the Mead Camogie team. Um, how they've been doing and uh, what their status is at the moment in the Littlewoods National Camogie League Division 2. We're also going to have a quick look at the Mead Ladies Football, um, how they've been going and where they stand in their league at the moment uh, with uh, four games played. And then also we're going to preview the Mead versus Clare game in Ennis next Saturday, 1.30 uh, Saturday the 16th, a massive game for Mead, um, where they will be travelling down to Clare to play um, Clare in Ennis, as I said. So what we'll do is we're going to have a look back over the All-County Football League results first. And uh, David, as usual, we'll go through Division 1, we'll have a look at the results, and you can pick out a couple of results, and I'll pick out a couple of results, because we don't have the boys here to do it, yeah, and uh, sure. we'll just discuss them. So, uh, in Division 1, Summerhill, five goals and six, Minalvi, one goal and four. Uh, big win there for Summerhill in the local derby. Rathout, 3-8, screen, six points, another big win in the local derby there for Rathout. Navin O'Matney's three goals and seven, then Shockland, one goal and seven. Simonstown, two goals and 12, Oldcastle, seven points. Nafina, two goals and seven. Gail Column Kill, ten points. And Wolf Tones won twelve. Dunamore Ashburn won twelve. A draw and then a big win there for Dumboyne against Sidden. 318 to two points. And David, I suppose, looking down through those results, um, a couple of, as I said, big wins in local derbies and uh, I suppose Dumboyne, massive win against Sidden. Yeah, it's, it's probably been coming for a while for Sidden. It's, it's a huge ask to ask it you know, an intermediate team to travel up to the home of the senior champions and, you know, try and compete first and foremost. And in fairness to them, up until this point, they have co- competed really well with um with everyone they've been up against. But it's a huge step up in class. You're playing, you're playing senior footballers at the end of the day, and I know I know the scoreline doesn't look great for Sidden, but going into championship, it's funny them sort of results or them sort of games will stand to them. They won't. They won't look too much into the result. They know yeah. Dunboyne are far superior team than them, but they'll they'll be going into championship. They won't be playing 
teams like Dunboyne in the intermediate, let's be honest about it. They're going to be playing teams around their own standard. And I think Division 1 football, and the same goes for Oldcastle, will stand to them two sides when it, when Championship kicks in. Yeah, well, Oldcastle have three points from their opening five games, so and they're above the... Um, their relegation at the minute. Just looking at the table, it's Navin O'Matney sitting on the top of the table with ten points, uh, five wins from five. That's that's absolutely brilliant. Like who would have thought that this time last year? Or, well, the midway through the season last year, would you have thought that O'Matney's could be sitting at the top of the table at this time of no, the year? No, it's it's brilliant for them. Five convincing wins as well. Yeah, they haven't they haven't had a, a, a glove laid on them, and we all thought that Dunboyne in round four would would really put it up to them, and they absolutely swept them aside. And look at what Dunboyne are after doing last weekend. Mm-hmm. So. Kevin Riley's got in there. It's probably taken a little bit longer than he would have hoped or but he would have expected he wouldn't have just expected an overturn in, in fortunes overnight. But so this is his second year. Yeah, so like yeah. he took them yeah. So he took them over last year. He did probably a lot of the groundwork. Mm. Would it, it has to be say, said a skeleton uh, team last year, a lot of lads injured, a lot of lads away, um and he did what he could with them. Yeah. And the lads gave it everything they had, but it just wasn't enough. They've got numbers back now. They've got players back, and you know they look they look really really good at the minute. Yeah, and apart from Marcus Brennan, like who's, who's involved with the Mead squad, obviously they don't have players actually involved with the Mead team, and that's something that O'Mahony's wouldn't have been used to. Yeah, in the last what twenty years, maybe at least. they would have had a handful of players involved most years, but possibly not as much in the last couple of years. But to have players like Rory O'Quill on the two Brays, we, we talked about Oshin O'Brien as well and Shane Gillespie. Ford. Yeah, Alan Ford coming back know. as well from injury. Like that's a that's a serious forward line. And I think if they can keep that form up, especially going into the first two rounds of championship, if they can pick up two wins there, they'll be in a great position come summertime and another win will get them through and, and they'll be looking at bigger and better things, I'd imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And then looking just below them, you've got Summerhill and Simonstown both on eight points. In second place, score difference for Summerhill is 31 points. And I suppose that's due to the win they had on the weekend against Mainalvi. Five goals and uh, five goals and six points to Mainalvi's one goal and four. It was a huge win in the local derby. Yeah, it's a comprehensive win for Summerhill. I think they've carried on their form from, from last year. Um, I know from talking to Sean Dalton in work, he's, he's you know quietly confident of how they're going about their business. He says there's a lot of hard work been put in you know, in preparation for April. Um, they seem to be motoring along well. They still have a couple of lads to come back in the form of Barry Dardis and Rowan yeah. Ryan as well. So they'll only strengthen their hand. You have players like David Larkin still doing it, Shawnee Dalton himself, Liam Shaw, you know, Ross Ryan, a twin brother of Ronan's and that yeah. is, a, is a very good player and probably didn't get enough game time last year. And that's that's kind of where they're at. They have a savage squad and, and I'd say come September time, they'll be there, thereabouts again. Yeah, and just the other result for me that sticks out is Nafina beating Gil Colum Kill on the scoreline of 2-7 to 10 points. And that's a that's a massive win uh, when you consider uh, Gil Colum Kill's, uh, I suppose, form in the league over the last number of years. They're still in fourth place, um, on si- uh, sorry, in fifth place on six points. And they're joined on six points by Rathout and Dunshockland. Dunshockland obviously losing out to Navin O'Matney's. Then at the bottom foot of the Division 1 table sees Screen, Minalvi and Sidden all on one point. And I suppose the surprise package there is Screen only having one point out of five games having won the, the All-County Football League Division 1 last year. Yeah, at this time last year they had full points from their first five games. I mean, they had ten points. They were cruising, hammering teams at will. So it's proven to be a little bit more tricky this year for Screen. Possibly teams are... You know, wising up to them and, and their ways of playing and stuff. Um, it's it's just one of these things. Maybe they probably looked at their championship form and they probably petered out towards the end of the year and maybe there's a thought process that 
they want to peak around August, September time. When I seen them towards the end of the year, they, they look fatigued and they look tired and they just ran out of gas. I they're think. doing a monitoring on it this year. They're, they went yeah. back training later. So they're, they're yeah. looking to, instead of peaking early in the league and in the early parts of the championship, they want to peak around August, September, October. Yeah. They're doing a carton on it. They're doing, <laughs> <laughs> they're doing the same. But look, I, I, still, I still think screen come championship They'll probably be a little bit twitchy about April, you know, two rounds. They'll want to pick up at least a win from there. But I think if they can do, I think su- summertime when it comes around, I think screen will be all right. Yeah, and Derek Campion to go back into the yeah. fold. Looking on then to Division 2, St. Pat's 1-8, Meath Hill 1-6, Bechtov 2-8, Nobber 1-11, a draw. Dundery 20 points, St. Michael's 4-6, uh, two-point win there for Dundery. Uh, the old saying, goals win games, doesn't exactly apply to this one. Uh, Centerstone, two goals and nine. Ballinabracky, one twelve. Um, a draw on that one there as well. And Dulik Bellustown, two ten. Rathkenny, eleven points. Carna Ross, one eleven. Trim, one eleven. And St. Column Kills, five thirteen. Coraha, eleven points. So, a couple of results standing out in that division. Yeah, I suppose it has to be the Dunry and St. Michael's game. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be a little bit of a rivalry between the two sides, and they're at a similar stage. Both of them would have eyes. You know, on the intermediate, um, on the intermediate crown for this year, we played the Michaels actually last um, Friday two weeks ago, say, and I thought I was very impressed with them that night. Their forward line is excellent. Peter O'Connell is back for the meantime anyway, and he, yeah. he comes out, pulls the strings. But over meeting inside, I think he got three goals at the weekend. Outstanding. Uh, Kieran Lynch, Shane McDonald, they have good players, but Dundry <laughs> to clock up twenty points. I was just going to say twenty scores and fa- no goals, like you know, it's fair scoring. But then I suppose at the, the opposite end, the pessimist side of it, to, to let in four goals is, <laughs> yeah. you know, or four was it four or yeah, four yeah. goals, yeah. So and but only six points. So look, they'll be pleased to come away with the win. Stephen Coogan is back from injury, and he's their talisman, really. Um, Paddy Canelli's gone travelling, so he's a huge loss. But the likes of Stephen Coogan, Luke Martin, you know. Connor Daly, lads like this, they're going to have to step up, and and I think they they will. I think Dunry have Lark Lark Callahan fresh approach there, new management structure in place, and and that that sort of freshness about them could could be the difference in in twenty nineteen. Yeah, and St. Colum Kills uh, relegated last year to Division Two with a huge win there over Curraha. Curraha were also uh, relegated last year. Were they from Division One? Uh, no. Oh, good question. No, I don't think so. Who no, was, who was it? Was it Central Stone? No, I think Central Stone were in Division 2 last year. I couldn't tell you offhand, um, Mickey, to be honest with you. But, but a huge win for St. Column Kills anyway there. 5-13 uh, to 11 points, 5 goals and 2. 17-point win. So St. Michael's moving well at the moment in that Division 2. Yeah, yeah, St. Column Kills are... a slow start. Yeah, they are. They're kind of up and down a little bit. But again, they have they have their county man to come back into the fold as well. Curahal will be a little bit concerned. I think rooted to the bottom of the division... I don't think they have picked up a win um, thus far. And, you know, they're going into the senior championship and, you know, they, they know themselves they're going to be up against it with the three teams going down. So they'll want to get some some form back. But then James McIntyre is still to come back into the fold. And, yeah. you know, he's, he's such an important player for them. I suppose looking at the table then, Rakenny still sitting at the top of the table on eight points. Centralstown on seven just behind them, having dropped a point on the weekend with their draw. Delik Bellustown, Karen Ross also on seven points. And then you've got St. Column Kills, Ballinabracky and St. Pat's all on six points. So two points 
uh, separating the first six, seven teams in Division mm-hmm. 2. So it just shows you how tight it's going to be. And I suppose this, the surprising thing is when you look at it, Curaha at the bottom of that division on yeah. one point from, from five games. Yeah, that that is surprising. And I suppose at the other end of it, I know we give them a mention every week, but Karen Ross again yeah. picking up a great point at home to at home to trim. Really good result for them. And I think you, you said they're on seven points. They are, yeah. Um, another... And I'd say another three or four points and they'll be safe and that'll be their number one target it still will be their number one target but for a junior team to be punching so far ahead of their weight or you know above their weight is, is incredible yeah and joint, joint second place you know yeah. and a couple more results could see them maybe uh, go into clear second you know like so uh, it's great for Karen Ross they're doing really well at the moment we're going to move on now to division three Beliver 2-8 Blackhall Gales 11 points three point win for Beliver Waterstown 2-7 Drumbarra 2-7 a draw Ballinlock four goals and 11 and St Vincent's two goals and three and that's all the results I have from Division 3 I think maybe the others were um, uh, came a cropper from the mm. weather on the weekend um, but from those three results I suppose looking at it maybe Ballinlock getting such a, a big win over um, St Vincent's yeah that's interesting I, I noticed Pat O'Byrne is back playing as well so I'd say the clock's turning back soon and, and championship just around the corner Pather's out of hibernation so He's he's gonna be he's only gonna get better. These kind of games will, will bring him on a good bit. But Ballinlock will be pleased with that. St Vincent's have been going very well. I think St Vincent's were top of the league prior to last weekend. Um so that's a great win for Ballinlock. They'll be looking to, I'm sure Old Castle coming out in the draw with them is after giving them that <laughs> kick up the arse to, <laughs> to go again so uh, and Pather, Pather probably says geez, I fancy another crack at these lads <laughs> damn right he loves a crack at the old Castle boys so he does but looking at the table uh, Castletown who didn't play in the weekend still top of the table with 8 points St Vincent's joining them on 8 points with 5 games played obviously Castletown with that game in hand now the next 3 teams after St Vincent's have all played 5 games Waterstown, Ballinlock and Drumbarra and they are all uh, uh, Ballinlock and Waterstown are in 7 points and Drumbarra on six then it, there's a drop to Minalvi of four points but they have a game in hand mm. bottom of the table I suppose is Kilmainham and I suppose they're probably missing Mickey Newman up front yeah the, Kilmainham will be worried still I think uh, fair enough Mickey Newman is, is is a huge player for Kilmainham but they're after losing a couple of lads to emigration and stuff and they wouldn't have you know a huge squad at the best of times um, and they're in a really really tough group um, with their neighbours Drumbarra in it as well so Challenging times for Kilmainham. Mickey Newman is one player, but you know he. he I'm going to say he can't do it all, but we kind of know that he can he sometimes. Can. <laughs> um, but he's going to need to because um, they really to seem him. to be struggling, and and there's no relegation in the intermediate this year. And I'm not saying I'm not saying for any minute that Kilmainham are junior A, you know, material. But for, if they do struggle in the championship, get get a few hammerings. I don't see the benefit in them staying intermediate if that makes sense for next year when you know realistically if they were to make the, the drop down and be competitive and rebuild again and go again and possibly challenge for the junior title that could be more beneficial but in fairness to them they've been in the intermediate championship for six years now yeah and they've held their own every single year they've got out of some tight squeezes so um they'll be confident at picking up a couple of results I'm sure when they, when they do get Mickey back and just looking above Kilmainham you have Longwood senior team on two points mm-hmm. and then just above them is Blackhall Gales on two points and it's crazy to think you know that Blackhall Gales were contesting uh, county senior f- county finals not in the lot too distant past and I suppose Longwood winning the intermediate going up to senior last year and two of them struggling at the bottom of that table yeah, it's, it's it's a sad sort of story for Blackhall Gales. They're a really, really good club with with an unbelievable history, you know, in the senior championship, as you alluded to. 
I think the problem there is is underage. I don't think there's a whole pile coming through. You know, they're relying on, on some of the elder kind of statesmen and the team to to keep going year after year, and it just it just was too much last year for them. They've defied the odds year after year in the senior and got out of trouble, but last year it was just too much for them. Um, Longwood on the other hand, look at again, they're they're missing their their two key men. Um, and and I think that's that is crucial at this stage of the season. Longwood without them two key boys. I don't. I don't mean to say they're an ordinary team or anything of the sort, but when you have two players of the caliber of Mickey Burke and Owen Lynch, especially around the midfield, you know, hovering around the midfield centre back area, you're going to miss them hugely. Mm-hmm. Ryan Moore again, you know, I, I seen he got got awarded with the Player of the Year at the Longwood Awards there, their dinner dance uh, last weekend, and he actually cut the hair as well. So the ponytail <laughs> is gone. Ponytail is gone. Yeah, yeah. So there must, must be, be a new fad around uh, Longwood, isn't there? It's, it's a good cut, to be fair, and uh, he looks well. So hopefully, he carries his form on and it doesn't hinder him. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on now and uh, uh, get away from all things uh, uh, hairdressy um, or hairdressers. We're going to move on now to Division Four and a uh, few results here: Kilbride two eight, Courtown two seven. Boardsmill 1-9, St Mary's 1-7, Clonagale 1-10, St Bridget's 1-4, Myla 1-15, Kilmainhamwood 1-4, Drumcondrip 1-11 and Clonard 7 points. And David, I suppose we better go to the Courtown result first and uh, a loss there, a one-point loss for yourselves. Was that a home or away? It was home, um, home yesterday morning, or Sunday morning, yeah, yesterday morning. Uh, disappointing results but uh, a lot of positives in the performance Kilbride are top of the league and they were coming you know high on confidence to, to Carton and we struggled to get into the game that we actually handed them two goals early on so um, I don't know what's the way, word to describe the refereeing decisions but let's say it's just odd oh, we're not giving out about referees no 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 huh? never um, <laughs> but uh, we got back into the game and, and played ever so well the second half got ourselves into a winning position went two points up with five minutes to go and couldn't see it out in fairness you know, Kilbride, we've spoke about them before. They have some savage young players coming yeah. on. Joe Donnelly um, in the inside forward line, absolutely brilliant. You have Jeff Sheridan, the veteran out centre forward. So for us at this stage, we're after losing three of our first five games in the league. And it, it probably comes to the stage where we start looking at the league as more of a um, a platform for the for the championship. It's, yeah. Realistically, it's going to be very tough to get promoted now. And in years gone by, we've gone all hell for leather for the league. And then kind of blown up when it comes to championship, you just max out a little bit like screen possibly last yeah. year. So um, our our eyes are on the championship. The performance was good. That's all we're looking for. Result is a bonus, obviously. But um, yeah, we're we're confident enough. Come first round, we have Kilmain and Wood. That's going to be a real real ding dong battle. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose at this day, yeah, when you when you realise that promotion is gone, you have mm. to look at what can you get from the bigger the league. picture. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And and at this stage, it's about maybe uh, as you said, building on uh, performances and getting performances, and maybe you know uh, fitness work. The training will probably change now as well. That's yeah. the worst thing about it is yeah. that uh, when you realise that promotion is gone. You start to say, right, well, okay, now we start. We need to start doing some hard work mm. and getting all the, the, the running into the legs before the championship starts, well before the championship. So um, I wouldn't like to be going to your trainings, David. <laughs> tomorrow night, I have a bad hamstring at the minute, actually, so uh, I better do a bit tomorrow night. But uh, no, look, at you're, you're spot on. I think a lot of teams are going to be in the same boat at the minute. They're going to want to do all the heavy work. The ground is still very heavy out oh, there. Anyone who played at the weekend will know a lot of games are called off, a lot of games are moved. So... It's it's not ideal, but it, it has to be done, as you said. 
and it's just the early start of the year. You go, you go into Cavan or you go into Monaghan and you tell you tell people that you have championship in about three weeks, and they can't believe you. Like yeah. they're, they're literally only back themselves. Yeah, haven't probably started the league yet. They haven't started the league no. yet. No. So that's the way it is in Mead. Look at it. It's going to change next year. It's, it's going to be a welcome change as well. But for this year, we, we just have to kind of grin and bear it. Yeah, it's an interesting one when you say it's going to change it for the better. I, I don't know. It just means that if your championship is starting later in the year, you get more of that dog and, and horrible, in tough training in the winter. Oh, in the winter. So you do. Um, because it, it, the way it is in the meet championship, is great. You have to peak twice or three times. Mm. So you do. So you have to, you, you do a little bit of hard work at the start in January and maybe early February. Then you're into your league. So you're trying to do one hard training session, one recovery training session, and then your match on the weekend mm. because you know that you've got championship coming up in April. So I, I don't know. Is that a great thing? Now, I, I, to be honest, with you. I I do because <laughs> honestly, I, de- when I was playing down in Cavan, yeah, you know your, your league wouldn't start until the end of March. Your championship wasn't starting until July or August. Mm. So for five months, yeah. you were flogged. <laughs> See, I, I I don't know. Is that the answer either? Though, no. to be honest with you, I I think if managers are sensible enough about it, the cup competitions are going to be the sort of pre-season you know, competitions this time next year yeah. around February time and then the league's going to yeah, kick you, into gear in March. You think managers are going to look at it like that? <laughs> oh. I don't, you're not coming to court next year, anyway, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we better look at the table. Uh, the Division 4 table sees Mile on top with eight points from four games. They had no game in the weekend. Kilbride are second on eight points as well, having played five games. Clonagale are on six, having played four. And Drumcondra are on six, play, having played five. Kilmain and Wood then have only played three games Clonard have only played three games they're down the bottom there so they've got a bit of catching up to do um, but St Mary's are bottom of the table at one point then just above them is Clonard but as I said they've got two games in hand Boards Mills and Bridgets uh, are then on two points but Courtown are above them on four points so um, I suppose looking at it you know as you said already it's it's all about using this league as a platform but Moila Flying high at the moment. Yeah, great win for them at the weekend. I think they inflicted Kilmaine and Woods' first defeat, and in some style too. I think without their, without their main man Sean Riley, Tommy Riley, he's he's unbelievable. I know he's. He, I don't think he's any relation to Sean's, but he's, he's a class act, left boot, um, savage player. And they're after getting Alan McCann in as well from Oldcastle, a transfer during the winter, and I think he scored four or five points at the weekend as well. So he's he's going to be hell in a, a hell of an addition mm-hmm. in the junior championship this year for Myla. They've been there, there, thereabouts. They've Senior or sorry, junior final, junior semi final, consistently getting into the knockout stages of the championship. So, uh, they're probably gonna, you know, they're gonna be touch and go. I'd say with challenging again. Yeah, um, and Ted Dowd as well from Dunry is hope of them. So there'll be nothing easy there. Absolutely not. And when you look at it, they're playing Division Four, which is below their championship grade. So yeah. they should be the team that uh, flies high in the division. I suppose the difference is, and I know firsthand. When we won our championship in 2014, we were in Division 2, same as Karen Ross are now. And that stood to us big time. Now, we, I think that year that we won it, we managed to stay up just about. But we were beating senior teams, sort of similar to Karen Ross are now. That's a huge advantage for a junior Absolutely. club to be playing that level. Even Division 3 is a very good level. But like you said, maybe Myla, you know, having things all their own way in Division 4 mightn't be ideal for when they do run into it like it, the likes of Karen Ross possibly yeah. in the championship. So time will tell. But definitely there's a lot to be said for playing leagues 
playing in the higher divisions of the league. So. Absolutely, I'm, I'm, I'm winning as a habit as well, mm. so only time will tell. We're going to move on anyway, that's the All-County Football League results dealt with. We're just going to mention a couple of things there. The Mead Camogues uh, flying high at the moment in the Littlewoods National Camogie League Division 2. They've played 4-1-3 and drawn 1 and they sit at the top of the table with 7 points from 4 games. Tipperary are 2nd on 4 points and Cork are 3rd on 3 points. Mead have uh, down next Sunday. That That's St Paddy's Day from what I can gather. Now I'm not sure if that uh, uh, from, from one of the sites I found that um, fixture and then I was looking at the other site and I couldn't find it so I'm not sure if, if those games are going to go ahead on Paddy's Day but um, Mead flying high in the Camogie manager, the Mead Camogie manager, Ray Gavin, must be delighted with how well uh, the Camogie team are responding to being relegated from Division 1, David. And I suppose we've no small ball expert mm. here today, so I'm going to, you are my expert <laughs> now, Sia. She's talking about landing me in it. But, uh, <laughs> no, in fairness, he's gone in and John Davis was there for, for a number of years and did an outstanding job getting them to senior and up the divisions. And John probably felt that was as as far as he could take them and, and he was you know willing to let someone else take on the mantle. And he's gone in and done a brilliant job. I know the the results are incredible. I, I'm sure you have the scores there, but like five three, I think last weekend was was an unbelievable score yeah. for a Camogie game. And then four four the week beforehand <laughs> against uh, Cork. Yeah. Um, but in the second round, they did give uh, Tipperary a good hiding. So they did. Yeah. Was, so the, look, it's confidence for them. They they did take a lot of bad beatings last year, you know, and and against top quality sides, it has to be said, not against poor and average sides. So for them, as you said it already, in in the leagues, winning games is is huge. Mm -hmm. No matter what level you're at, to to win a few league games and get the performances up, and confidence high amongst the players going into championship is only going to be good for them. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, all the best to them. Especially when you look like they're playing against Cork and Tipperary um, in that in their group. Uh, I think that's their second teams anyway. But uh, mm. um, I'm not sure how it works. I know that there's Group A and Group B in Division 2, and I'm not sure if it's the top two go through uh, and get promoted, or is it the winner of the league that gets promoted? I, I, think, I think it's think the, it winner the winner of the league. Of the league yeah. we, do you remember we had this well, discussion that last fo- year? Well, that's in the football. Yeah. Uh, I know that the winner of the football, you could finish fourth uh, in your division right, in yeah. the in the football in the women's football and still be the team to go through. You could finish first and not go through. Mm. So it's 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 an interesting way they do it. But then actually moving on to the maid ladies. Um, they have Kildare in their next game. They're also sitting at the top of their division in uh, the Little National Football League Division 3. Uh, they're playing Kildare in round 5. They have four wins from four uh, as it stands. and uh, They're playing on Saturday the 16th of March. That's uh, at 12pm. 12 12 12 12 I hope it's yeah. not 12am. 12 12 yeah, so do I. Listen, the Palace, I know nights. the Palace sponsored them, so <laughs> yeah. maybe they're having it in the Piano Bar. <laughs> um, in St. Connaught's Park in Newbridge. Um, as I said, they've got 12 points, four wins from four, and Kildare are second from bottom, so you'd be hoping that Mead can get another victory there. Um, again, flying high at the moment, but again, playing in a division that they shouldn't be in. Yeah, I think, I think last year they were very disappointed to miss out on promotion, but this year... In fairness, I've seen a little bit of them um, in Avon, one of the games I think they played Offaly. Now, as you said, you know, streets ahead of Offaly. And it's very hard to read too much into it. I know it's it's great putting up all these, you know, clocking up these high scores. But as you said before, it's very hard to, to gauge what, what exactly that means. They're probably training and they're probably having challenge matches and amongst themselves that are actually more competitive. Yeah. A's versus B's. So... They can only be what's in front of them. That's they're, it. They're in that division and they have to get out of it. And if they do get out of it, 
they're going to be playing obviously a higher standard similar next to the Mead footballers like yeah. you know like they're in division 2 I was listening to uh, I'll come actually I'll come back to that in a minute we'll just mm-hmm. give give the ladies the plug anyway it's next Saturday 16th of March Mead vehicle there St Conlitz Park Newbridge and uh, it's at 12pm and uh, we're hoping for another Mead victory there and as we said it, the, the, the tough thing about that for me is that you know they, they played in the intermediate final last year they could finish top of this division without losing a game and <laughs> yeah. end up playing fourth um, in, in a semi-final, win that semi-final, go through to the final and play the winner of second and third and lose that final and they don't get promoted. Um, and the other team could have lost three or four times. It's it, it reminds me a bit of, um, I don't know if you'll, you'll remember Killing a Scully. Yes. But there was an episode <laughs> when, when they played the Bally Boys and the Bally Boys were these man-mountain... <laughs> Man mounted his figures, and Kilnas Gully were up against it. And Dan, you know, had to play his tricks because they'd after they were after getting a full complement of players. And he he got his sister or one of the lads to stand at the goalpost and distract the boys, and the the goals are flying in all around them. So you, you never know what what teams are going to have when they <laughs> come to that stage. Up their sleeve. <laughs> yeah, but no, you don't know. They could be holding players in reserve and stuff, and you could beat a team well. Yeah, you know, during the league phase of the, of, of the league. And then meet them in the final, and you're coming up against a completely different team or a couple mm-hmm. of different players, and you don't know much about them, and it's tricky. But I, I agree. It's with a big year one. for me, me ladies. Yeah, you know, really is. This is this is they have to consolidate themselves into Division Two with a with, with winning this division, and then push on for the intermediate trophy, which they're well capable of winning. You know, they've got yeah. some serious talent, and we wish them all the best of luck next weekend. So we're going to move on now to the main event, I suppose. Um, it's Mead versus Clare. It's next Saturday. Now, there is a time change on this game. It's actually going to be played at one thirty in Ennis. It was down for 2 o'clock. So make sure that you get out and make sure you're down there early. And uh, I think you have some news on the bus or something. Yeah, Tony O'Brien... You know Tony well, I'm you sure you're well. um, a great follower of me, and he runs the supporters bus for Cushton and me, and there's a time change, I think the bus is meant to go at half nine, and it's going at nine now, that extra half an hour, as you as you alluded to there, so I'd imagine the thing behind it is probably so people can get themselves to the pub after the game and settle in for the rugby, yeah. Ireland and Wales, so, uh, but look at it, it's not it's not major, you know, people, it's not going to be that early of a start for me fans leaving no, it's um, an, an extra half an hour yeah. but what they're in fairness to them what they're trying to do is they're trying to accommodate everybody common they don't sense. want <laughs> they want ex- exactly common sense let everybody enjoy everything that day mm-hmm. get into um, Ennis get into the meet game after the meet game you have time to get down to wherever the hotel home pub whatever it is um, to watch the, the Irish rugby team take on uh, Wales but um, to be honest with you I couldn't care less what happens <laughs> in that rugby game Neither could my I, no. sole focus <laughs> next Saturday is going to be on Mead and Clare and that's just it um, and I suppose the question to ask you here David is Having listened, I, I listened to Colin Parkinson today. Um, I, I, I listened to a good few podcasts as well. And I was listening to Colin Parkinson's from la, from the week before mm. last, before Mead played Kildare. Mm. And he didn't give Mead a hope against Kildare. No. Um, he's said that, like, on every show, he's not giving Mead credit at all for what they're doing this year. And he doesn't think that they've put back-to-back performances together. And I'm like, going, hang on a second. They've put five performances back-to-back. I think, I think a lot... Of that has to do with Colin Parkinson tipping both me and Fermanagh to be relegated at the start of the league yeah. to Division 3. And yeah. now you look and the two of them are in pole position to get to Division 1. So it doesn't say a lot for him. He probably wants to keep as low-key about me and Fermanagh um, as possible. But yeah, look at you. Have no, to he did bring up some stats, mm. right? And you look at it, I think me are in Division 2 the last six years. Um, and there's been eight other teams that have been promoted 
to Division One. Eight different teams. Uh, Cavan and Roscommon been haven't been promoted twice, yeah. and then uh, there's six other teams yeah. that have been promoted. And you can I can understand. And then last year, Mead had to win their last two games in the league to stay in Division Two, mm. but like without having seen them this year, he's casting aspersions on them. And this is yeah. a completely different Mead team. Yeah, I suppose that's the frustrating thing. And. I, 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 I wouldn't yeah no absolutely but I, I wouldn't count them as stats like you're talking previous team you're talking oh, yeah. previous you're talking history exactly why talk about history when Sound we're in like the a Liverpool supporter yeah. here, <laughs> <laughs> you had to get that one in <laughs> but um, no it, it's a good point like I think focus on what they're doing now we have a, a new team you know some really good young exciting players a management team who for me, is up there with the best we've had in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. The, the addition of Colin Nally, I mean, a, a lot's been made of it, but it is significant. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best coaches in the country. Yeah. He's, he's come on board. And I watched him on, was it the Balls.ie um, podcast as well? It's a video podcast type thing yeah. or whatever. He was on the other day. And fascinating guy to listen to. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and he was talking about some of the different tactics that he tries out with me and whatever. And I was just like going, this is exactly what you need. Yeah, this get is your pen of vapor quickly. Oh, yeah. absolutely! I just thought it was brilliant. And but but it's that it's that freshness, um, and that freshness in the approach. I mean, Andy had he had no prerogative to go and ask Colin Nally into the setup. Yeah. But in fairness to him, he he was man enough to say, "Well, something's not working here," and I'm going to approach this guy who's who's been in Colin Kills done phenomenal things. Was in Loud as well. Mm-hmm. Get him into Mead, and you know he's a dub. Yeah. He's worked in Loud. <laughs> And now he's working with me. The yeah. son on the mi- the loud minor team. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's working with the mean boy, the senior team. Hopefully he doesn't go to the loud seniors. But <laughs> he, he, it's brilliant to see. And I know from talking to a few of the players, they, they're raving about his training, his yeah. methods. And I know you're after talking about it there, some of the things that he does be trying with me than that. And it's all something different. You know yourself when you're, sometimes when a manager is taking all the sessions and that training can go stale and players mm-hmm. can go stale as well with the, with the same kind of one-dimensional approach and the that one voice and exactly but it's it's completely different now there's there's input from everywhere and it's great to see yeah i just i i just think he, it, it, there's a real good feel factor in there i think that andy is managing now do you know he's yeah. not I, i've said this off air and whatever to to use and whatever like i, I always like the last couple of years i felt that andy was invested in everything and he, it's very hard when you're so in, when you've got so much invested in every aspect of what's happening with the team. It's hard to to manage it and see from from, from the afar, outside yeah. from afar. Yeah. And now with Nally and the other lads that have come in and whatever, he can stand back and he can do. And I just think he's managing it brilliantly. He's managing the players brilliantly. He's managing what's happening on the field brilliantly. Mm. And now he he has said the players are are making a lot of these calls themselves. Of which they are, but he has to take a huge amount of um, uh, uh, claudits for that as well. I think what he's doing this year, the timing of his substitutions, yeah. everything, and yeah. the substitutions he's making. I just, I, I just think that everybody is doing their job now really, really well in that mean setup. Yeah, it, it's clear to see, and I mean the settled nature of the team as well. Barring a couple of yeah. injuries there, we had to James McEntee, um a couple of weeks ago. It's been fairly settled, and but for that, Shane Gallagher wouldn't have got in. And now look at he's after coming in and making yep. that that spot his own. Yeah. So it's great to see, and as you said, the competition within the squad is there as well, and that's something that we haven't had the luxury of of utilizing in the pr- in previous years. We've been kind of down to the bare bones, and some of the players coming on, you know, you'd be hemming and hawing about them. Now you're coming on and you're excited because you see Graham Riley coming on, like. You know, for years he's kind of carried the can for Mead. Yeah, Killian O'Sullivan didn't start a couple of games. Ethan Devine 
Guys Mickey like Burke, Mickey you know, Burke, Barry, yeah. Dardis, Barry Dardis, all these yeah. lads coming on, Owen Lynch. The, the, I love the way there's a spread of the older guys mm. coming on and younger Gavin guys. Coming, another Gavin McCoy, yeah. you yeah. know, like, um, they're, it's, ah, and look, Harlan Nunny back, yeah, you know, like, and coming on. So I suppose looking at this game, it's not going to be easy against Clare. Okay, and last year we beat them by 12 points, I think it was in round mm. one. The year before we got them by 10 points. Um, but this year it's it's a different dynamic it's a different part of the season we're meeting them at they're in trouble they yeah. need a win the top four teams play the bottom four teams so anybody in the top four who doesn't pick up points is going to have lost ground on yeah. the rest of the teams because I think that the other three possibly possibly three of the top four will win their yeah, games this hopefully weekend. you are one of them and exactly yeah <laughs> I, I, hopefully we are I, I, I think yeah we have had the you know, the advantage over Clare in previous years. The thing about Clare, and I mean this in the best way possible, is that they nearly let you play football. They're well, they play football as yeah, well. That's they don't, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, no, no, there's no blanket defences no, or anything like they, that. They get on with it, which is great to see, and it's a refreshing approach, but I think it suits us because we have better players than Clare overall. I'm 100% sure about that. And I think if they do come out and play a ball with us, we'll win. Yeah, but as long as we, as long as our effort and our work rate is, yeah, is, is that, as long as we don't take them for granted, yeah, that's a given. Yeah, that's one thing you can never do is take for granted the team. No. Um, just <laughs> whenever that, whenever people say things like that to me, I remember I always look back to I think it was two thousand and six when I was playing for Cavan and we were playing, we played in Division Two, mm. and uh, our second last game was against uh, Westmead. And had we lost to Westmead, we weren't got, we had no chance of getting promoted. We beat Westmead in Mullingar on a really wet, horrible day. Came away with the victory, massive day. And who were we playing in our last game? Waterford. Oh, Waterford. Yeah. We were playing Waterford. So the the scenes in Mullingar that day were unbelievable. The people yeah. were jumping around. Cavanagh to promote it here. Cavanagh yeah, yeah, promote yeah. it. And we were dead the following week against Waterford and lost by a oh, point. So God. so that's that's my point. I always remember things like that. Even going back to playing underage with Simonstown mm-hmm. uh, and whatever. There was always times when you take if you take a poor team for granted and they know you're taking them for granted, they will step on your neck. Yeah, and that's happened to me with Simonstown over the years at underage as well. <laughs> and it's happened to me as well. But I do get the feeling that this this group of players are, are different. They are a bit of an exception. I think work rate, honesty, you know, given a hundred percent, that's a given from from this group. But and that's what's got them this far this year. Yeah, do you know, like the teams, uh, we haven't had it all our own way. No. We've had brilliant performances, but because of the guts, the determination, yeah. the ne- never say die, the will to win, mm. all of those things are there in abundance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what brings the skill through at the end and, and they get themselves over the line. Like You look at the Kildare game, we kicked 16 wides. Mm. You know, you look back through a couple of the games where teams have come back at us and you're kind of like going, oh, but they've shown those qualities and those characteristics and they're the ones that we need again against Clare. It's very easy for a team when that happens to lie down and say, yeah. well, it's, a, it's not going to be our day today, lads. Yeah. And we'll, we'll give it a lash next week. And, and that has happened in, you know, pretty much all the games we played. Cork was a little bit more comfortable, but it shows the character and the resolve within the squad. I do think if we go down and, and make a fast start against Clare, they will have to come out and play. If they do go defensive, if they go defensive again, I wouldn't be too too bothered by it. I think I think that'll play into Mead's hands a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
looking at but their we, players, we, yeah. I suppose they've got a few now that are are, are pretty good, like a Tuberty at full forward, Gary Brennan in the middle of the field. You know, they're they're two. I think main I think players. Podge Collins as well and Podge Collins Keelan as well. Sexton. Is Collins that. available though? Is he? I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah. But um, just when you when you mention Collins, um, Colum, his dad is the manager, obviously, and he yeah. he came out after the game against Fermanagh and he said, look at there's there's going to be no more excuses. We simply have to beat Mead because they're in a relegation dogfight That's themselves. It. And it's as big a game for Clare as it is for us. Pr- probably actually bigger because I'm not going to say we can afford to lose and win our last game, but we do have that kind of safety net. We have a net. cushion. Yeah. A slight little cushion. Whereas Clare, on the other hand, if they're bet and a couple of the other teams who you already mentioned get results against the top three, then Clare are as good as gone going yeah. into the last week. So, yeah, it, it's going to be a huge game. Man. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, um, I suppose... You, I was going to ask you like where do you see Mead winning it or whatever and like what players do we need to stand up um, like having looked back over their scores that we've given them over the last five games most of the players have stood up but mm. like who who do you think is well I, I suppose big for us straight away you're after mentioning Gary Brennan like the midfield battle is going to be huge the lads dealt with um, Kevin Feely and Tommy Mulig the last day pretty much as good as they could have Gary Brennan is a different animal altogether for me probably one of if not the best midfielders in the country. He's that good on his day. Full back line is going to be huge. I'd imagine Conor McGill will probably pick up David Tuberty. Yeah, he'll have to take up Tuberty, mm. and then the, the, we'll have to have man markers on Cleary and Finucane, like so. Yeah, yeah, and, and look, we have them. Like Kildare, Kildare's forward line. We spoke about it before the game. How how good it is, and the boys, the boys got their matchup spot on. Um, they didn't. Fair enough, they had a bit of a proper patch in the first half, but they didn't get a kick second half. Yeah, and I do think Kildare have a lot more in a forward line than Clare do. Right. Again, all due respect, Tuberty is a class act, but I think McGill is a class act too. Yeah. And I think if them two can cancel each other out, regardless of what the other two lads do, I think we'll be there thereabouts. If you'd like to advertise on the We Are Mead podcast, please get in contact with us by emailing wearemead at gmail.com or contact Damien on 085-1127-089. The We Are Me podcast, because it matters more. Well, speaking of uh, picking players on the team and uh, who's going to be marking who, the two of us, before um, we went on air, we decided that we were going to pick our, what we think uh, will be the Mead team to face um, Claire on the weekend. The one that we think that um, uh, Andy McEntee and uh, his management team will pick to play Claire. Now, We've, I don't know who you picked and you don't know who I no, picked. No. So we're going to have a look down through it. I'm going in goals, I'm going to say Andrew Colgan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the given. So <laughs> we've both gone for Andrew yeah. Colgan in goals. Right. I think that the, the full back line nearly picks itself, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say Seamus Lavin, Conor yeah. McGill, and Shane Gallagher. Yeah. Is that who you yeah, went to yeah, decide? Yeah. <laughs> We're all good. We're all good. So <laughs> we've, we've got the full back line and the, uh, the goalkeeper. Both of us spot, spot on. Now, pending injury concerns, I've put James McIntyre in, Kyogen obviously at centre-back, and da- and uh, Ronan Ryan. Yeah, I've... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 think, I think I spoke to James McIntyre down in Cork after it was 
the week after he did it in Sigerson and he was confident he wasn't sure would he make the Kildare game but he was very confident that he'd be available for Clare so I'm going with the same opinion as you that James will be fit and, and he will play and that's and, and that's unlucky on Gavin McCoy just to if, if that is to be the case I mean Gavin McCoy has done very little wrong but I mean you know James McEntee overall has probably been up till the injury was our best player by by a distance so. well I was just going to go back and look at the scores that we've given him over the 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 four games I think that he played um, no three, three, three games yeah. he had three nines in a row he yeah. was our best player yeah. three games in a row against Tipperary Donegal and Armagh mm-hmm. so you know McCoy was brilliant Gavin McCoy was brilliant when he came in but isn't it great to have the luxury of having someone like McCoy to come on to the, absolutely. Come off the bench yeah. absolutely brilliant so midfield I've gone with Menton and Shane McEntee yeah, picks yeah. like in fairness we looking at their scores as well um, they've been like Shane McEntee has been outstanding with two eights and three sevens and Brian Menton has had four sevens and, and a six he, he had a quiet game against Armagh mm. um, but you know they, they haven't really put a foot wrong they've they've probably if you were to take the five games so far they've probably won midfield so far over the five games oh, definitely and they've exceeded expectations too yeah let's be honest about it um at the start of the year you know both of them obviously would be playing but if you said that was going to be your midfield two two natural backs i know menton's played there before but shame mackenty hasn't really no especially not intercounty football so they've done really really well and we're going to need another two huge games from them but their work ethic is is infectious and it's brilliant to see they probably don't have the, the natural ability of a la Gary Brennan, you know? Yeah, yeah. But their work ethic makes up for that in abundance and I think um, you know, we're gonna need another huge game from that pair. Yeah, I think I think that's 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 for sure. They're gonna have they're gonna have, be up against it, but they're well capable. That's definitely yeah. for sure. Um the half forward line now I've gone for Dar Campion, Ben Brennan and Killian O'Sullivan. Yeah, I think we have a little <laughs> bit of a change here. Oh <laughs> I I would if if Ben Brennan is fit, yeah, he plays for me. But I'm not so sure. I seen him coming off the last day. I didn't think he looked great. He he really looked in pain and that. So I'm not so sure he might make it. So what I've gone for is Graham Riley to come in at wing forward, Dara Campion to go centre forward, and Killian O'Sullivan on the far side. That's just my hunch. Um, I'd like to see Ben Brennan play. If he, Ben Brennan was, is fit, do you think? Yeah, yeah. But if, if, if I'm just picking the team, I think it might be. But if Ben Brennan is fit, he plays because he was he was superb last day. Yeah, I I, I I agree. I actually I I didn't think his injury was that that concerning. Mm-hmm. I knew that he went off in pain, but with the two weeks, I thought that he'd have enough yeah, time. Hopefully, to, to, hopefully he will be. Do you know? But well, we'll we'll come back yeah. to that then because I want to ask you something then at the end. Sure. Full forward line: Tomas O'Reilly, Mickey Newman, and Brian McMahon. Yeah, spot on. Spot on. Like so. You, you you can't look at that full forward line. Tomas O'Reilly and Mickey Newman have just been your two inside forwards. Brian McMahon has been so industrious, mm-hmm. so his work ethic and his uh, tracking and up and down the field and putting pressure on has been yeah. massive. It's it that that team nearly picks itself. I suppose an honourable mention for Niall Kane, um, who it's been confirmed to me has dislocated his elbow against Kildare didn't break his arm but dislocated his elbow so pe- depending on the severity of the tendon damage will determine how long he's going to be out for so um, it's a, a it's a big injury for Niall and we, we hope that Squealer recovers fairly soon yeah. going back to your half forward line because we, we like, haven't picked our team yeah, it just shows you there's only one player that we're um, 
so if you if if Ben Brennan was fit, does he come in instead of Graham Riley for you? Yeah, he does, and and Campion pushes the exact same team as you. Then. <laughs> yeah, doing forward. <laughs> so I, I I swear to God, I didn't, I, see, I, I didn't I, see your team, so I kind of felt. If there was to be a change in force now, it wouldn't be a team exactly. if everyone was fit, as we've already said. You know, possibly, if, if ben, ben isn't fit, Barry Dardis could be an option. Exactly, yeah. He plays all his football yeah. at centre-forward for Summerhill. It would enable Campion to stay on the wing and Barry maybe to come in at 11. Mm-hmm. I don't know at this stage, but if, if Ben doesn't make it, I, I'm like Biggie and, and Barry are the two obvious choices for me yeah I mean it's funny I I, yeah. I have I, I had literally got the two of them at the top of my and, <laughs> yeah. and asterisks beside them uh, as my first two lads that if there is an injury in that forward line yeah. that they, they'd be the two so which shows you I suppose that this mead team is very settled now looking down through the subs if we were to go with my team and Ben Brennan is fit if he's not Ben Brennan is a sub if he is fit, Biggie is a sub. So you've got Biggie, Dardis, McCoy, Harnan, Ethan Devine, Owen Lynch, James Conlon, Scully, Adam Flanagan, and Mickey Burke. Like Owen Lynch, did you mention? Yeah, I had Owen Lynch yeah, in sorry. there. Do you know, like you've got you've got back up there in every position. It's it's even a challenge for some lads to get onto the bench now. Yeah, and and that's not a bad thing. That's that speaks volumes for where we're at at the minute. For some of them guys, they'll be doing well to cling onto the uh, spot on the bench. It Which speaks is, volumes for where for, for what they've done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that they've made it this competitive. And I think if I'm not wrong, I think every one of them players that you're after listening as the subs have played. Yeah, they've all played a part. Yeah. Every one of them have played a part at some and, stage. And Neil in the Kane league. is another one who you've and already Kane, mentioned. Yeah. Uh so I think that speaks volumes as well that Andy trusts his squad and he's not afraid to use whoever. Like he doesn't have you often see with managers they have their set substitutions. They know they're gonna pick. Him, him, and him to come on at, at a certain time or whatever. With me, there's such a variation. Ethan Devine's come on for the first couple of weeks, hasn't come on since really. Mickey Burke kind of coming in and out of the team. Owen Lynch come on, did well, didn't appear the next day. So it shows that there's a fairness, but it also shows that the competitiveness is, is clearly there in training. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, I, I just think that's very, very interesting that the both of us have picked practically the same team. Yeah. And, and, and But for that injury to Ben Brennan, we would have actually yeah. had the exact 100%. same team. So it all depends on how Ben Brennan is feeling after the uh, after the injury that he took against Kildare. We're hoping that that clears up in time for, um, for, for Saturday. Again, just a, a quick thing to talk about. Looking at it, you know, a lot of people saying that Graham Riley and Barry Dardis are due starts now and whatever. And I'm not so sure. Um, and that's not judge, That's not any slight against them. Um, I think that he's he's working by a formula here. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Andy McEntee. And I saw a great manager doing it in recent times where he always finished the team, finished the game with a strong team. <laughs> David Nelson did that with any other manager. So a great manager, great manager, always finishing the game with a stronger team early than he started with. Yeah. But it, what, I, what I'm saying there is, that I, look, I just think that, uh, what age is, what age is Graham Riley now? He's, 31, I think. 31, yeah. you know, and, and I think the age profile of footballers is going down and, and the is, fitness yeah. levels and everything is, is is going through the roof. Now, I'm not saying Biggie is not fit or whatever, and I'm not saying that he, he he's he's old or either he's past the or, or, or anything, anything like that. Yeah. But 
I just think that as players are starting to slow down in the second half and he's coming into the second half mm. fully charged and ready to rock, I think, you know, if you're if you're starting Graham Riley and taking him off, you're losing experience mm. at the end of the game that you need on the field come the end of that game. Yeah, and it's probably something that Graham Riley, we've not criticised him, but over the years coming on, you probably would have said Graham Riley won't do a whole pile coming on for you. It's been the polar opposite to that in this league campaign. He's he's come on and he's had it. Well, he started brilliant. nearly every game for me in the last ten years. Do you yeah, know? Or, or very rarely would have come on. Yeah, and which is fair. But but if if that scenario did happen, you'd think, oh well, he's probably not going to give you. That. He's come on and he's had a great influence, brilliant he's, impact, uh, and a fantastic time. attitude as well. To, it's no one likes being on the bench. Let's be no. honest about. It. I know we're calling for the, the same team to start, but if you ask, obviously, if you ask Graham Riley and Barry Dardis, did want to start. Regardless of you know what way things are going or what the plan is, but it's very easy to kind of sulk and you know throw the throw the shoulders at him and strop. But the two lads, Barry's the same. Like Barry, Barry didn't get a kick up until the cork game. It would have been very easy for Barry Dardis, absolutely, to, just to, to, to walk away. In. Yeah, yeah and, and and like a huge commitment, which we all know at this stage that intercounty footballers do put in an absolutely enormous commitment. And Barry kind of was was optimistic, and when he did come on in Cork, he, he took his chance. He did a great score, and then got the goal that that got us over the line that night. And it speaks volumes for the attitude in the squad for me. Oh, absolutely! Like, and and when you when when you look when you look at it as you said, nobody wants to be a sub, but every single one of them. If you go down through every player that has come in, mm. not one of them has kind of gone in and thrown his arse at it. Shane Gallagher's another one. Did, wasn't involved. Wasn't, wasn't involved. And, and came in, Gavin McCoy as well, kind of came in from the cold in Cork as well, had a superb game down there. Neil Kane as well, had his place, lost it, came back on, ended up doing his arm, just yeah. for the cause. Just for the cause, like, you know, it, it, I, I'm loving it, I'm loving what they're doing at the minute. Andy Magazine said it a few weeks ago, there's something happening here. I believe him, I feel it, you feel it. Yeah. I think everybody who was in Park Tolchin last uh, Sunday afternoon felt it. Yeah. And we just have to make sure that we get behind them and uh, make sure everybody gets to Clare, to Ennis for one thirty next uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, again, again, we just want to remember remind you that there is a time change on that game. It's one thirty in Ennis on uh, Saturday. So I suppose uh, just before we finish up, I'm going to give the Royal House draw um, a bit of a mention. It's the win a house for a hundred euro, hundred yo-yos or a hundred euros. Um, uh, it's www.royalhousedraw.com, and that is sponsored by Glenvale. Homes, um, I suppose uh, it would be very unfair of us to finish this podcast without mentioning uh, one of the best scales that the county has ever seen, yeah. a Cortown man um, who unfortunately passed away in the last couple of days um, on so yesterday afternoon. I think it was. Yeah, it? yeah, yesterday evening. Um, Johnny Henry, mm, R.I.P. Yeah, Johnny was um, Johnny was unbelievable. Like he was. The reaction we've got across social media, I know it's not that type of thing, but you've had clubs from here, there and everywhere kind of wishing us, sending their condolences to us. Johnny was Johnny was one of them instantly familiar figures that you'd spot anywhere. You could see him anywhere at a game in Mead. He he loved it. He was, he was a football man. He was a family man. He was a hunting man. They were the three things that Johnny did. He loved Carton, he was Carton to the core, he was one of the founders of the club in 1969, incidentally, the club is 50 years old this this year, sorry, and, um, you know, it, it's going to be difficult not hearing Johnny, you don't really see Johnny when you're playing, but you, 
by God, you hear him. And uh, uh, me personally, when I first came to Carton, he was he was one of the one of the people who just straight up to you had a great welcome, shook your hand, welcome to the club, great to have you. Um, he was a character too. He he had a brilliant sense of humor, uh, fantastic way with words. Just would instantly kind of lift the mood in the room when he walked in. If yeah. that was a dressing room and you were after being bet, and he walked in. As well as that, you'd see him on the pitch. I know I referenced it in the post, but you wouldn't see Johnny on the pitch of an you know an ordinary game if you're after winning. But if it was an important game, whether that's a you know a championship game, a league final, a relegation playoff, that was his last game. I remember seeing him. There's a picture going around from last year's relegation against from Condra, and he's just you know on the periphery of the the huddle. And that was Johnny. He um he had a couple of sons that played for uh, Corton as well. Yeah, he had a, he had famous uh, names. Yeah, uh, John Henry. Yeah, David Henry, I'm going to forget them. Kenny. Oh, God, I'm, I'm Kit. missing one. Kit, absolutely. <laughs> Kit, everybody knows Kit around me. And, and daughters as well that played. Um, and his and his nephew, Packy, was a member. Part of the junior team, wasn't no, it? No, Mead Seniors. He won an All-Ireland in 1988. Oh, in 88, yeah. Yeah, John, the, the John two, and Kit. John and Kit played at the juniors yeah. in the All-Ireland. Very good, accomplished footballers throughout their year. But look at Johnny, he'll be missed. He, he was brilliant. I'm sure you've seen it several times in a finger pops out someone pops their finger and again yeah. he was the man you'd go over to the fence look away and he'd just pop like it that, back in he'd just pop back in and Dr. no Henry. questions asked and <laughs> I, I thankfully I never had the <laughs> the pleasure <laughs> of getting it done but uh, anyone who did says that he did it in a way that was pain free in your back playing and, and if you weren't you had a good kick up the hole yeah <laughs> for, for, for not so um, yeah he'll be missed um, rest in peace Johnny absolutely what a man Johnny Henry R.I.P. Cortown legend. So that's it for this week's podcast. Look, I want to thank all of our listeners for the response we got to last week's podcast. We're overwhelmed and uh, we're delighted with the response that we got. Um, it just shows you that a, rise, a rising tide lifts all ships. I suppose everybody is talking about Mead football at the moment and we're talking about it and we're excited about it and everybody else should be excited about it as well. Next week we will be doing our podcast. We'll have... Um, uh, reaction from the Mead v Clare game on Saturday we'll be doing that podcast on Tuesday Monday being a bank holiday and uh, we will have the two amigos back as well um, Kieran Flynn and Brian uh, Kelly I don't I'm think just, the crash is open <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at their two empty seats here beside us and, uh, and the dolls. It's, it's, it's in the two we'll put the dolls sitting on the seats from now on it'd be quieter than them two anyway <laughs> um, so that's it for this week uh, as we said don't forget to follow us on Facebook Twitter um, and on Instagram and remember we are Mead why it matters more